live from the Chamber of Hunter Studios, this is Hunting You. I'm your host, Keone Hutton. <laughs> I might be done, though. I'm pretty sure I'm Leslie Reed. You never know what's going to happen with that. <laughs> I'm not convinced anymore. <laughs> no one knows. Nobody knows. Oh man, that was that was ecstatic. I think we're just gonna keep that. Let's let's keep that. <laughs> Welcome Sweet. back everybody to the Hunting You Podcast. I am of course your host, Keone Hutton, along with Leslie Reed and that guy over there in the corner. Who may or may not be John Schultz. Who may or may not be John Schultz. I don't actually mean Mortimer, who is in the corner of the room I'm recording in and oh, just looking over my shoulder. See him because this is audio nope. and yeah. not video. Nobody else. Nobody else can see him, but we can see him. He's still wearing his In-N-Out hat, so you there's find that. Him a better hat. <laughs> five guys. Oh my gosh! I five guys. Do five guys give away hats? Can they have, have hats? No idea. We should find out. I don't know either. We need to get out. We need sure to find every out. restaurant has at least a little bit of merch. Let's we okay, John. I need you to find out if five guys has a hat. If they do, get us one from Mortimer. I think we really need. He needs a Stanley Cup championship hat. I think that's what he would prefer. Uh, I actually have one of those. I could give him. There you go. Give it to him. Well, Ashley's wearing it. Like, oh. I don't want to steal it from my wife to give to my ghost. That's probably yeah, a that's wise decision. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That you know what? That is the one time I have so far said no. Theft is bad. Don't. Yeah. Don't go oh, we found one. I do. We found one. Don't steal from case. your wife. Do not okay. steal from your wife. Even John does not recommend that. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to know there's, you have a left gun. There's a boundary somewhere. There's suicide. <laughs> there is a boundary you don't cross. You're so glad to find it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not a fan of being single, so. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, we have had, like, it's it's been such a busy summer. We have not actually gotten to talk in, in quite some time. And, guys, I need to tell you about our trip to Disney because holy <laughs> I was so excited by what I saw. I literally called John immediately after and just had to just rant to him about the gloriousness you were of their new attraction. Hard. Holy shit. Hard. Like, I, we, we need to talk about it here for just a moment. Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. This is the newest ride in the, uh, the Star Wars world at Disneyland. And apparently it's at Disney World as well. And it blew my mind in a way that no attraction has blown my mind in a very long time. It is an experience. It is not a ride. It combines <laughs> multiple different ride vehicles along with live action performance, along with the most smooth and precise animatronics I have ever seen anywhere into an all-encompassing experience that just left me absolutely breathless. Would you Holy say or you were ecstatic about it or some other? I season? was beyond ecstatic. So Damn it. we went to. <laughs> <laughs> we're both waiting for it. Any other? Don't worry. Don't words? worry. We'll get there. I we have not yet had a podcast where I did not talk about how excited I was. So it it's you're not. Drink. <laughs> but guys, so let I I want to just talk to you about this ride because it is a masterclass in ride design, ride vehicles, in queue lines, in managing the queue line, in personnel management. I mean, holy so I'm, I'm just going to walk you through it and 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 because I need to get it out. So and I haven't had a chance to yet because of the right so stream and everything else. So if you don't want the yes. right spoiled, spoilers, yeah, right spoilers. spoilers. Skip ahead. Spoiler alert. X number of minutes that Kay will input in at this point to tell you when you start listening again. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know if I'm going to go through that much trouble. I don't know if I'm going to go through okay. that much trouble. Spoiler but, alert. Listen at your own risk. Please. Spoilers ahead. Skip ahead if you do not want spoilers on the Rise of the Resistance ride at Disneyland slash Disney World. So here's how it went. So we were there. We were at Disney for two days, right? First day, we were carefully monitoring the ride because we knew it would be insane. And I want to see how the line wait times fluctuated throughout the day. It didn't ever. It was a two hour wait consistently from opening until closing. 
And so that sounds better than I thought it would be. <laughs> so we said, screw it. We're not going to do it the first day. Uh, we will do the second day. They do give you the option. You can buy a fast pass and you have sure. to. This is the only ride that you have to pay money to get a fast pass. It's an additional twenty dollars. But, it, you you know, you skip the queue line almost completely. It's it's well worth it in my mind because you save two hours. Fair enough. Uh, but. Instead, but we had six people with us, and one hundred and twenty dollars is very different than twenty uh, than twenty dollars. Oh, so it's per person, not per group. It, it's per person, Ouch. exactly. Yeah, so if it's just me, hundred percent, I'll pay the twenty dollars all day long. Ouch. With the entire group of us, a little bit harder to justify. But what we did instead was the second day we were there. That was the first thing we went to. We beelined straight through the entire park to get to. The Rise of the Resistance. And we were like, we're doing pretty good. We don't see many people out here. Surely we've done great. We get there, and the line is so far out the gate, like, it almost crosses the entirety of the Star Wars land. Like, <laughs> well, that didn't work out. Oh, well, I guess we're standing. had the same plan. <laughs> <laughs> so we got in line. And as it turns out, it was not as long as we thought it was. They hadn't yet opened the ride, and so it started at the gate and went far back. And so the queue line was empty at that point, right? So once they open the ride, we all just start walking through, you know, filling in the space that the queue line will be taking, and, and it was not too bad. So you start in the queue line by going through uh, this archway into a spaceport. And uh, actually, I take it back. It's not really a spaceport, or at least you can't tell from there. But you walk through this archway, and you start going uh, deeper and deeper into uh, these tunnels carved out of a mountain. You're going into a, uh, a resistance base that they have carved out of a mountain, and, and you're going deeper and deeper into the mountain. And, like, it is just absolutely beautiful throughout the entirety of the queue line. You're walking through, like, ready rooms for pilots, and they have lockers set up with the flight suits in them. They, you walk through an armory, and there's all the blasters and thermal detonators and uh, and everything. You walk through a hangar part where uh, there's engine parts and, uh, and such. And every scene is just meticulously beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. And, it, I mean, that part would easily be an hour, hour and a half uh, – throughout all this like it's absolutely massive if you're actually sitting there waiting in line thankfully we weren't because we we actually got there pretty early so we're walking through all of this and then we finally get to the front of of this part and they usher a whole bunch of us into a room and inside this room uh you're you're down on the floor there's you know big wall in front of you and up on top of this wall is bb8 with a with a console and a whole bunch of screens. So BB-8 comes rolling out and starts beeping and chirping and, and doing all of his things. And, like, this animatronic is flawless. Absolutely freaking flawless. The movement was just so perfectly smooth. I'm blown away. I'm already blown away. Was it animatronic you know, or was it uh, remote controlled? No, it was definitely animatronic. But it was so freaking smooth. It was perfect. So BB-8's up there and he's manipulating controls. Poe Dameron comes on the screen and starts setting up the backstory. And then they flick on a hologram of Ray. And the hologram is so freaking realistic. Like, like I got up nice and close to it so I could like you can see through her. You can see the wall on the, on the far side. It's, it was the most meticulous hallusion Ever like just absolutely exquisite, and I don't know how exactly they did it, but it had a 3D element to it. Like it looks kind of 3D, even though it was a rear projection uh, up on a on uh, nearly invisible screen. Could barely see the screen. I had to get you know my face right up to it in order to see the screen they were projecting on. Just absolutely gorgeous, and holy shit, it was amazing. Was it properly blue and glitchy? It was blue and glitchy. <laughs> <laughs> as it should be as it should be exactly as it should be so ray sets up all of the, the the backstory and you know you're we are new recruits to the resistance and they're taking us to uh for our initial training before putting us into service right that that's the backstory and so they they take us from there out into a courtyard it's an open-air courtyard um 
you can you can see the real sky and there's a ship right there on the other side of the courtyard so they're loading us all into the ship right so door closes on the ship and we're all standing inside there and the and the like the ship is about the size of a bedroom like we we are inside a space about the size of a bedroom and it's dressed up like the inside of a ship and and just looks absolutely gorgeous it's it's amazing at the front of this uh, you know, a panel slides down, and now we can see into the cockpit. And there, there's a uh, a Moncal. Uh, I forget his name, Lieutenant something. Uh, so there's a Moncal and there's a droid who are who are going to be doing the flying. And again, just absolutely exquisite animatronics. He's swiveling in his seat and uh, moving his arms and his head and his mouth, eyes. He blinks. The, like, just an absolutely fantastic animatronic. So we're standing in there in this room and the whole freaking thing starts moving the ship takes off and the whole freaking right the whole freaking room is moving like we are not strapped into anything we're just standing there holding on to the stuff and it's moving around like the ship is flying like it's taking off and flying and it feels like it's taking off and flying we get out of the atmosphere and that's when the first order attacks TIE fighters come swooping in. The X-Wings are doing their thing. We're doing crazy banks and maneuvers trying to avoid fire. And then we see the Star Destroyer. The Star Destroyer that has come to get us. They grab us in a tractor beam and um, Poe is is all like, "Uh, we can't can't save you right now, but don't worry. We'll come back for you. And he goes and flies off. And, And then they, you know, it pulls us onto the Star Destroyer and then everything just kind of gets quiet for a second. And then the door we walked in on opens and a man comes in dressed in Imperial officer's uniform and talks about how we are now prisoners of the First Order and uh, we're going to be interrogated. So live actor now dressed up as a First Order officer doing all of this backstory. So we leave the ship through the same door that we just walked in through. And now we walk into just holy f- the most perfect rendition of a Star Destroyer's hangar bay that I have ever that I can even possibly imagine. There is a battalion, a battalion of stormtroopers standing there in perfect ranks to greet us. Behind them is a, the entire wall is a screen that looks that's set up like space. Uh, so you're looking out into space through the magnetic field that you know keeps the atmosphere in. Mm-hmm. Sure. There are imperial officers directing people left and right, and and all of this. There are stormtroopers going around being intimidating. It was like I had flashbacks to when I first joined the Coast Guard and was getting off the bus. And the, the drill instructors were standing there. Like, it is that level of intensity. It It's so free. It feels so real. Like, holy moly. And you know what? We're not even on the freaking ride yet. All of this is still Q-Line. <laughs> that so is they, crazy. It's That's amazing. It's, it's absolutely exquisite. They've set up the backstory. They have brought us into the story in a way that I don't think any ride at disneyland has yet done and they are they have drug us into their world by taking us from the world we were in flying us off the planet and then and now we're suddenly in their world so holy shit yes (laughs) so they march they march us down the corridor and they're like you stand on that spot. You stand on that spot. My my, you know, six year old son takes a couple steps off. They yell at him. He you know straightens up and right back onto the spot. It was it was perfect. I freaking loved it. Then they march us all. They march us into groups. Uh, you know, they're setting us up into groups of six or so, and then uh, put the groups into these interrogation rooms. And inside, so the interrogation room is triangular shaped. Okay, you have the door on the flat face, and then. You're, they're shoving us all back into the point. And you turn around, and up above, you see Kylo Ren and General Hux co- come on. And I'm pretty sure it's a screen. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure it's a screen. But you see them come on and talk about how they're going to interrogate us and all that. 
and then they get called off for an emergency. So, so they disappear, leaving us there in the interrogation room. While we're sitting there, you start to hear just kind of clangs and some soft talking, and uh, it sounds like people crawling around in air ducts. And and that goes on for about a minute, longer than I thought it reasonably would. And then out of freaking nowhere, right next to my head, I see the bulkhead glow, start glowing orange like someone is cutting using a torch to cut a hole in the bulkhead and it starts making a door shaped a door shape right there in the freaking bulkhead and it was seamless like i literally standing right there next to the wall i could see nothing until this effect started happening i i'm still trying to figure it out maybe lights <laughs> right underneath the panel that you know leds that they can turn on individually but holy <laughs> it was freaking perfect I had no idea. I'm standing right there, and it's right next to my head, and I had no idea it was there. So they finish the cut. That wall pulls away, and then there are two resistance fighters on the other side. We're here with the resistance. We're here to get you out. These are the people who are finally loading us on the ride. All of that was freaking Q-Line. How long, time-wise, how long was that? 10, 15 minutes? Like... It is the most just immersive and complete queue line I have ever seen. It was phenomenal. And then they designed the queue line not to get you into, not to get you <laughs> on the ride. They designed the queue line to get your brain into, into the, the ride. world. They, yeah, exactly. The queue line is taking you into the world, not onto the ride. And it is, yeah. it is just a level of immersive far beyond I have seen anywhere, anywhere. So they finally get us on loaded onto the ride. And the ride vehicles are these um, like six-man carts. There's a droid in the front that is driving the cart. And then they, they have two rows for, uh, for the passengers. And so – and these things are amazing. They appear to be – I don't know how – I don't know how exactly they do it. But they appear to be um, a free – moving cart so it can move in basically any direction uh it's not on a track or anything and it can like spin and forward backward left right and it is extremely maneuverable but the maneuvers all seem to be pre-programmed and um so you know the 12 of us that were in there they loaded us onto two carts and the two carts are basically doing the same thing kind of mirroring each other throughout the ride right and so this part of the ride, the the actual ride is is escaping from the star destroyer. That's what star I'm looking destroyer. for. Thank you. It, we're, the ride is escaping from the star destroyer. So we're going through all of these different corridors down the star destroyer. We go into a um, a fighter bay and come and like come into the fighter bay and there is a life size ATAT, the Camel Walkers from Empire Strikes Back. They built one life size. And it's right there in front of you. So we come out into the hangar bay, and it is just there in front of you. Stormtroopers start firing at us, and we see scorch marks appearing on the feet of the AT-ATs, projected onto the feet of the AT-ATs as things are going. We duck off into another corridor, um, and we see laser bolts flying over our heads they've got lights embedded in the ceiling in tubes and they're just running red lights down these tubes so it, it's absolutely convincing that laser blasts are flying over your head they raised us up to the the level so we are now face to face with that life-size AT-AT. stormtroopers are shooting at us the laser bolts are flying everywhere and then we end up in like the command uh, we end up on the bridge down. There's the big catwalk where like Darth Vader yeah, would walk around the, and the they have the same thing on the first order ones. Uh, Hux and Kylo Ren are up yeah. there on the catwalk and we're down below there. Uh, Kylo Ren is just finding out that we've escaped and he's talking about, Oh, you need to find them. Then he looks down and there we are. So he turns around, starts coming for us and the, the cards back out and go and go running away. We get into an elevator 
and th- this is my favorite effect because I still haven't figured out how they do it. They take us onto this turbo lift, and, and so Kylo Ren's chases us into this turbo lift. We get in, the door closes right behind it, and it starts moving, and then Kylo Ren must have jumped on top of the elevator because a freaking lightsaber blade comes through the roof of the elevator and starts carving a circle into it. I still have not figured out how they did it. It was so freaking realistic. It was beautiful. They take us out of there. We're now going past the they, um, these giant cannons that are firing at other shit that the the resistance ships that are out there with us. We're trying to rescue us, so we're right underneath these cannons. They're blowing over us. They've got uh, air like air pressure hitting us as uh, these cannons are firing. The green bolts flying over our heads, and then we get cornered by Kylo Ren. And right behind him, somebody blows a hole in the side of the ship. So these, I assume, massive fans turn on, and now there is just wind whipping past us, supposedly out the hole into space. We can feel the wind whipping past us as as Kylo Ren is trying not to get sucked into space. <laughs> and then our cars all get loaded onto these escape pods. The escape pod detaches, and you can feel it drop. It feels like the freaking thing drops and then the engine kicks in and you get thrown back in your seat like it's it's actually like it was so freaking real feeling. Holy sh <laughs> So the escape pod, you know, take goes all the way back to the planet, it crash lands, the big jokes about uh you know, bad landings and the mechanics are going to be annoyed. And and then we get out of there. Of course. And then uh the cars take us over to uh, the disembarking disembarkation area. Which was just a you know a big open area uh, looks like a landing landing strip right out of the movies, and the cars just start parking themselves next to each other. Which same thing like that's what I'm talking about. It's it's pre-programmed but no track, and so like there's some level of control for these cars that so they know exactly where they need to be to avoid the other cars. Like it was very impressive. The, the holy the level of technological advancement that has gone into this ride is just absolutely unbelievable you're gonna have so much fun today oh my gosh yeah it's, um, it's oh, well worth yeah. it well worth it so yeah, guys no, no disputes here that sounds amazing that sounds beyond <laughs> seriously you need to come out so that i can take you on this ride because it is just beyond anything i have ever seen anywhere i was assuming you wanted to take a commercial break so your heart rate could go down a bit that's not a bad idea. We should probably take a break, hear from our sponsors, and then we'll actually get into the topic that we came here to talk about. Hey, we're back from our commercial break and to the topic on hand, which is... As much as we all love Disney and Star Wars, because wait, wait, wait! They, I want everybody to know that you guys spent the that I spent the entire commercial break literally geeking out about this ride, and um, oh, yeah. they're they're making fun of me for it. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. I mean, do we want to? I mean, Star Wars. We could talk about Obi Wan then. No, we need to talk about Andor. We, we can all. Oh, because we can also talk crazy. about Andor because it looks it looks so good. Oh, it looks so good. But more to the point, we have almost specifically Kay has. Um, we got a really, really awesome email for an opportunity to put on a haunt for his current base in October. <coughs> so, rather than us not doing a haunt this year, because we really weren't sure what we'd be doing. Yeah, let, let me let me back up just a little bit. So, because I had to like actually ask for time off work in order to go to Midsummer Scream, my boss found out that I'm a lunatic who um, obsesses about Halloween. So he emailed the person who runs the, they call it the Harvest Festival for the base uh, up here near San Francisco and basically said, hey, I have a Halloween lunatic here who would like to help. Uh, And, and, you know, it was just an introduction, introductory email. So they emailed back on Friday and it was late in the day. They had already left for the day. So I wasn't able to ask any follow up questions or anything. Today's Saturday, by the way. So this is yesterday. They emailed back. I was like, uh, yeah, that sounds great. We have, 
we usually do a haunted ship or a zombie walkthrough in a vacant building, he could take uh, he could take the lead on either one. And I'm like, did I did I just get offered the opportunity to build a haunt in a vacant building? I think that's what just happened. So I immediately call up Les and John. Les is lame and doesn't pick up her phone. John at least picked up his phone. And Les called me back later. And we just and we started like just brainstorming. Unfortunately, we have like no information with which to actually start planning. That is a problem. Because all we know is zombie walkthrough in a vacant building. Like that that is all of the information that we got. <laughs> That's all the information we got, but we was able to do a little bit of sleuthing and Wait, that, that, get some that. more information on the overall Harvest Festival as, as a general event. Right, right. So this this is my first year in the area, so I, I do not know what they normally do. Uh, I saw what they did for the Coast Guard's birthday, which was a, a couple days ago. Happy birth, happy 232nd birthday, U.S. Coast Guard, by the way. So much uh, and, and it was fairly impressive. Like, they, they put on a heck of a party. So I imagine that this is also going to be a heck of a party. But we don't know what exactly we have to work with, what we're allowed to do, what they're looking for. We, we have a lot of questions at this point. So what we really want to do today is kind of talk about the pitch. Dun, 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 or something. Really? And we've, we've brought this up, I want to say, a couple of times before. And... Yeah, the last time we had the chance to do a Coast Guard sponsored haunted house. <laughs> well, that time we did a haunted ship. This time we're doing a haunted building. But you want to be able to, you know, if, if, even if you're doing simply a home haunt and you're just getting started, you want to be able to do a pitch because that's what you need to convince your spouse, your roommates, your neighbors, your kids, your HOA. Anybody that you want to get on board with this plan and the idea that you have, the pitch is what you use to do that. If you're looking to move from home haunting and kind of push it out into a you know, larger world and you're looking to get funding, you're going to need to do a pitch. Your pitch is what gets you... Your, your funding, your backers, whether that's financial or just the support to say, yes, honey, you may go build a 3,000 square foot walkthrough haunted house in my driveway. It's, it's what you use to get buy-in from whomever you need to get buy-in from. And I think you, you nailed it on the head with, with all the people. You might have to convince your spouse if you're doing a home haunt. You might have to convince uh, sponsors if you're trying to get people to help pay for you're hot. You might have to convince a landlord if you're trying to build in a certain location that you need to have a pitch ready to convince all of these stakeholders. And, and the pitch is not just about the idea. A lot of people get hung up when they do pitches. Uh, this is my idea, and it's so, so cool. That's your first one to two slides of the pitch. The real bulk of your pitch is, okay, I gave you my idea. Here's how I'm going to make it work. Here's what I'm going to need. Here's the, you know, a handful of ways that I can do. You know, what I want to do if I have a small budget, a large budget, um, no budget, <laughs> beg, borrow, not stealing, John. Um, <laughs> however it goes, most of your pitch is not about your idea. Most of your pitch is about everything else that you need to do to make that idea happen. Exactly. Exactly. And when we started talking about the pitch, Leslie immediately started singing spectacular, spectacular, no words in the vernacular from Moulin Rouge. And if you haven't seen Moulin Rouge, one, what's wrong with you? It's amazing. You and McGregor is a freaking angel. As always. But beyond that, so the, the story behind Moulin Rouge, um, I don't really want to go into the entire story, but at one point they have to convince um, this rich uh, person to fund their show. And they do that with a spontaneous well, musical number because it's a musical. More to the point, they have to con- this is a musical. 
they have to convince this rich asshole to fund this show that they just created up as a cover for the fact that Ewan McGregor is found in the girl's room where he's not supposed to be. Right. Yes, I I didn't want to get into that level of detail, but sure, you you sum that up more succinctly than I could have. But it's it's also a case of, this is completely impromptu, and they're trying to put it all together to save their butts. Right, right. So I'm I'm just want to play a few seconds from from their pitch. Spectacular! Spectacular! No words in the vernacular can describe this great event. You'll be dumb with wonderment. Returns are fixed at 10%. You must agree that's excellent. And on top of your feet, you'll be What do you mean by that? Elephants. Arabians. India. Incultism. And juggling bears. Fire eaters. Muscle man contortionists. Intrigued danger and romance. Electric lights. Machinery. All that electricity. Okay. I'm going to cut a lot of that out. I just wanted to hear it. I know. I did too. (laughs) Now, this is actually... (laughs) Yeah, for those of you who want to listen to the whole song or you've heard it before or anything else, this is actually a terrible example of a pitch <laughs> that relies far more on razzle-dazzle than on substance. It's a strategy. It is a strategy, but it's not a strategy I'm particularly <laughs> inclined to rely on in this case. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But, I mean, <laughs> what do they do that uh, that I think is excellent? Um they give the baseline, kind of the basis of the story. Does it? It keeps going uh, beyond, you know, what we show. But they show the. We'll link it in the show story. notes for everybody. Yeah, we will definitely it. be linked to the show notes, so you can go check it out on your own. But they're so they're setting up the backstory. They're talking a little bit about what uh, advantage. Well, they're giving the reason why the rich asshole should be. Uh, should get involved. He's going to get ten percent more than his investment back, and it'll run for fifty so, years. And it will run for fifty years exactly. And it's going to contain all of these modern things that have never been done on the stage before. Seems excessive. You're excessive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an example of a pitch. I think um, Greatest Showman has a better example of a pitch where. So this is the other one we talked about when we were talking about the the haunted preparing the haunted ship pitch in the greatest showman. Uh, the director Michael Gracie actually came up with this fifty minute pitch where he had all of these really nice drawings drawn up, and he basically told the story that the movie The Greatest Showman was going to do using all of the uh, all of the drawings to get people to buy in and then uh, as they developed more of it that pitch actually grew to the point where they were pitching it to the studio they actually had most of the songs worked out they had many of the actors who ultimately would be in the movie come and sing it and they kind of performed the whole thing for the executives in order to get the green light to go ahead and make it that is a much better example of a pitch I think that's spectacular spectacular but that's also a pitch that requires a lot of external buy-in already. So that requires Absolutely. having those actors already bought in to that, willing to do that work, knowing that this might not get made. So th- these are kind of two extreme examples of pitches and how they can work and you know what needs to be done. There's the must-save-my-butt pitch of Moulin Rouge and <laughs> the... Everybody is so out. involved already and really bought into this idea, and the holdout is the money man. Exactly, exactly. And and that was one of the cool things about, um, they call it the Michael Gracie pitch. He basically gave that pitch to everyone who had to get buy-in, from the actors to the songwriters to um, the effects people to the money makers at the studio. And the way Hugh Jackman describes it, by the time Michael Gracie was done with his pitch, there was no one who could say no at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and he did that. I mean, one of the interesting things about Greatest Showman is a number of the actors and actresses who ended up in the show doing the songs, like one of the lead singers, um, played the bearded lady, 
she was, uh, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but essentially she's one of the people who does all the singing for rehearsals until the actor is found for the yeah. job. Yeah. And essentially when they got to the point where they had to find an actress for that role, they're like, hey, no, you can't. This is your role. Um, and she's like, I yeah, can't it, be on stage. And they're like, no, no, you, you'll be great. This is exactly your role. It, it was cool because the way they described it, when they were doing that, uh, when they were doing the pitch for the studio, uh, she sings her song, you know, This Is Me, which is the, uh, the the biggest song, amazing song, but but the biggest song of the show. And at the end of it, everyone, you know, just jumps out of their seats and is cheering. The freaking head of the studio came down out of his seat, uh, gave her a hug. and was like, young lady, you just booked yourself your first major motion picture. Like, that's very cool. <laughs> but again, she was she was doing this as I'm just here as a filler was not originally intending to, you know, go for the role or anything else. And everyone's like, no, no, you're, no, you're, no, no, this dude, is your role. This, this is, this is you. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very cool. If you, if you haven't, like, if you enjoy seeing how things are created, there are a bunch of featurettes on the greatest showman, uh, Blu-ray DVD that show some of the behind the scenes process of making it. And it's, it's very cool for anyone who enjoys seeing how things are made. Like, like me. I get a lot out of that that I can, you know, bring back into my own stuff. Well, I've mentioned it before, but another great one that does do a bit on the on the pitch and you know the, the creation and everything else. Anything done by Peter Jackson for the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit? Oh, seriously, <laughs> seriously. There's more hours oh of how it's made than there are hours of film. Which is saying something because holy, shit, there's a lot of film. And every single minute. All of those special features is worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there will be links to all of those in the show notes as well. Go and check them out to see some excellent examples of pitches as well as uh, some cool behind-the-scenes work that maybe will inspire you to do your own. But in the meantime, we need to figure out what is going to go into our pitch and I think our pitch is a little bit different than uh, than the traditional because we are not so much trying to convince them to let us do it because they already want to do it. They already want us to do it. We now need to showcase what we have done before and try to highlight uh, what we think we can do for them and what I really want to do is give them, I don't know, tiers or options of what – we could possibly do and then leave it to them based on budget and probably audience budget uh, audience to, to choose where what direction we end up going yeah I, I, th- I agree i think this is definitely not a pitch for buy-in this is a pitch of options right right this is what we've done this is what we can do here's some things we'd like to do here's your you know, just from the research that we've done this seems to be a very much family-oriented daytime event, so we're talking small kiddos. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, I'm not convinced. I'm not totally convinced it's daytime. No. The the website you found showed like five to nine p.m. or something. Okay, so there might be some after dark stuff. There there might be some some after dark stuff. Okay. Yeah. So definitely something again. You know, as we're we're doing this, balancing the this is a family event, and so you know, making it to a point where. You can reasonably expect there are going to be kids that are going to want to go through it rather than our usual audience point. <laughs> and they want options. They want zombies. Okay, we can do zombies. We've also done all of these <laughs> other things. So what do they want? Do they want something that's pop up, take down, super easy? Here's what we can do with that. Uh, here, next here is here's something that you know you guys can have on hand and easy enough to set up and run with, um, pretty easy to store. Here's something that maybe in the future, if you want a more permanent, available more often, and all you guys have to do is redo the story every year, we can help you design that too. Right. So I think we we have a number of questions that we need to answer when we sit down with them, and I think the answers to those questions will really drive what level of build we're going to be able to do or they want us to do. So let, let's start sketching out some of those, some of our, our big questions right now. I think, first of all, 
you know, let's just brainstorm. Don't, don't just start throwing stuff out. Uh, audience. Who, who is the tar- target audience? You know, I'm going to put this at families. I'm going to put, I, I think you're right. I'm going to put five, I'm going to put anywhere from children, your, your kids age up to middle school, high school. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's, that's probably right. It's, it's families. Cause this really is a, um, the Coast Guard morale, welfare and recreation department is putting it on and they are all about, um, doing things for the families. So we are, we are really targeting the families. And I think, with that uh, too, locate, go ahead. I think with that too, I'm, I'm definitely aiming more on the younger side. I figure probably once they start hitting high school, they're going to be like, yeah, I don't need to go to the kitty's fair. You know, where mom and dad work. Yeah. 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 So maybe I, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to get some, some kind of demographic ideas on that, but I'm definitely feeling probably high volume of elementary, middle school age kids. Uh huh. Yep. So that's that's definitely an area that we can talk about, or we can ask them. So, we'll, um, who's the, who's the target audience? We assume families. Um, but do you have any uh, idea on the typical demographic of the kind of people who, or the ages of people who are coming to uh, to this event? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, location, I think, is going to be absolutely huge. Yep. Because that will, without knowing the location, we really have no idea. How much space we have to work with? What kind of environmentals we have to work with? What kind of um, lighting or is there electricity? Is there oh, compressed lighting, air? Is there, sound. yeah, is there sound already? How much are, of that are we going to have to bring in ourselves? Or does the location have something that we can have resources we can tap into? Well, and also, um, as always, our fire code safety protocols are dependent. Absolutely. On- Yep. And in particular, because this is on a military base, the um, fire code requirements may be a little bit different than anywhere else mm-hmm. for good or bad. We 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 don't know yet. Oh. Uh, and the other thing, uh, some you know, you need to not just think about everything for the haunt, but also think about your actors. Think about the people who are going through. Uh, does are there restrooms nearby? Is there uh, drinking water so that everyone can stay hydrated? Um is there a staging area for costumes and makeup? Yes. Can you incorporate a staging area for costumes and makeup? Because that will make it a heck of a lot easier too. Yeah. Um, you know, how are we setting up the queue line? Is the queue what we you know? If we're looking at abandoned building, are we setting up the queue line inside or outside? Right. Right. Okay. So that's location, and then kind of along with that, uh, I think we need to talk about access to the property. Uh, how much time will we have before the event to get in and set up? Mm-hmm. How much time do we have after the event before it needs to be bro- completely broken down? And how many people can we beg, borrow, and steal to assist? <laughs> yeah, personnel, personnel is a completely separate <laughs> uh, bullet point. Do they already have people lined up who want to do this? Do they, uh, or is it going to be completely on us to recruit? Yep. Okay. What else? How permanent can it be? And again, that kind of gets tied in with some of the stuff we've already talked about. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call that the like um, level of build. Yeah. And Les and I, uh, when we were talking yesterday, we're, we're just kind of brainstorming a couple of ideas. You know, depending on how permanent they want this to be, depending on how many times they want to use it, how they want to use it, uh, and what kind of budget we're looking at to build it, we may be – we may want to look at doing like um, a curtain curtain wall maze type of walkthrough as opposed to doing solid walls or, or maybe even something else. Like it, it's really hard to say right now. Mm-hmm. And again, it's all going to depend on, you know, do they have, is it a, is it like a building that has um, exposed ceiling and we can hang things from the ceiling in a stable capacity and do hanging walls, either fabric and weighted, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, what's... Again, there's a lot of unknowns, so our, our pitch, as much as... Our, uh, right, right now, as much as we can build a pitch, we are, but this is also a case where this is a very, very pitch filled with questions and clarification points. Yep, yep. That, I think that... Yeah, this this isn't just pitch. This, we're we're trying to figure out everything we want to talk to them about when we're giving the pitch as well. Which is a valuable thing when you're doing a pitch like this because it shows that not only, yeah, hey, we love Halloween, we do haunting, 
but it also shows we understand things that need to be contemplated and built in and doing it. It's not just show up, yep. Yep. wing it, put on a scary show. You know, there's practical aspects that have to be considered. Um, and again, even more so because this is on a military base. Right. You know, right. What things can we and can we not do because of the location? And also, oh, what do they have that they, this, so this isn't the first year that they've run this. Do they have any uh, materials that we can use and take advantage of from previous ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they might have stuff that, you know, they might have a whole set of things kind of ready to go. They just need somebody to take the lead. Set it up and, and run it. Set it up and run it and do something with it instead of having people who, yay Halloween, but they don't really know how to put on a haunt. And, you know, more power to everybody who does that, but, you know, when you find somebody who's like, I do this for fun all the time, that's a different level. Um, so, again, pitches are about building your strengths, leaning into them, and, you know, ask questions. You, you Even if it is the case that you're trying to get the buy-in, ask questions throughout the pitch of, you know, hey, is this, what's, where are you guys at? Is this making sense? Is this not making sense? You know, what do you see with what you're hearing right now? That way you're getting that immediate feedback during the pitch instead of waiting till the end and having them go, hmm, yeah, that's not really what we're looking for. <laughs> Especially in, in, in an event like this where I think it's more of a collaborative, creative effort as opposed to we have something that we are ready to execute and we're trying to convince them to let us execute it there. Mm-hmm. We're really trying to build something for for them. With with them and for them. Yeah, yeah. Take a pause for a sec. John, are you back? Is this working now? Yes. Yes, I can hear you again. Fantastic. There we go. Su- super. I've I'm, I'm tried calling you back in, and I was hoping that would work. I just closed the app and tried it again. That seemed to have done the trick. Anyway. Oh. So how are things? Going pretty well. I think we we've talked about uh, all the things that we want to discuss with the uh, with the event organizer. We want to talk about the audience. Um, we assume that it's kind of targeted toward families, but we're curious about what the typical demographic is. We want to talk I about had... the location and access to that location. We want to talk about any personnel that they have already ready to uh, help us execute. We want to talk about what kind of a build they're looking for, whether it's something that's easy to set up and take down or something that can be a little more permanent or the, and they maybe want to use for years to come, uh, as well as any previous year's materials that uh, they're bringing from previous years that they uh, that will be able to use for this one. And then, of course, the big one, it, does this come with a budget? It was... are, they, are they going to support it financially at all or are we on our own? Probably. Maybe, maybe like a little stipend. It was funny because you mentioned like the, the target demo and I was sitting there and I had like a, I said something for like two minutes and then I could hear Leslie talking about that along. And then you mentioned fire safety. I was like, did you guys not catch any of that? <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> and I was like, and then I, I started clapping and shouting obscenities and you kept going on. I was like, well, something's wrong. Indeed. Indeed. Thank, I'm glad that all of your obscenities were not caught. I, I need I only edit my own. I hope make it onto the recorder. And make it, <laughs> uh, I certainly hope so. I, I guess we'll it, see. I, I can hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. So, that I one made it on. That, that one made it on. Alright, anyway. Asshole. I can take one. <laughs> you just... <laughs> you just... Indeed. Punishing yourself. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> His voice. Thanks for that. So. Actually, talk a little bit more about how handsome Oscar Isaac is, but we can wait till the end of the show. He well, is, he is extremely handsome. Oscar Isaac is, oh. yeah, I, I mean, we I, we can. That was my plan. I'm I'm not opposed. I, I'm not either. I mean, but I'd, I'd like to finish the pitch discussion first. <laughs> All right, fine. Do you think we can get Oscar Isaac to join? 
I mean, well, I am okay, in California. So if, if, if we do that, way. I would like him, Pedro Pascal, and Diego Luna. I mean, how could they say no to that? I mean, indeed, indeed. I mean, I as far as for the Coast Guard, I mean, this is this is practically charity work. I assume work. that's probably all out of the Coast Guard's price range. So, but because yeah. everybody likes the Coast Guard, they might do it pro bono. Uh, I got it. Hey, John, I got a pro bono for you, right? (sighs) (sighs) All right. High five. Uncomfortable five. (laughs) Uncomfortable five. Regret five. Five. I'll have to cut in the sound sound effect. Oh, absolutely. The last (laughs) The last episode of Fake Doctors I had was was uh, Donald's birthday where they had Todd on. So. Where they had Todd on. That's the last one I listened to, too. I'm behind. Oh, you too. Anyway. 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 Yeah. So I think we, we've got a pretty good list of things we want to talk about. What do we want to highlight out of our um, our professional portfolio when we when we walk into this? I think I would like to put together – a, a digital portfolio that I can actually take in and show, look, this is what we've done in the past, and this is what we're capable of doing. Let's talk sure. about what you want to do. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing for us to have on hand just in general. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Um, and then that should probably be something that we we, we, we should build into our Haunting You um, podcast platform. Is, yeah. Um, I, I kind of... Well, what do you guys think about so i had the thought about like setting up a website a la kyle's vest consulting like have you guys well have you ever looked at his website i feel like it did does he have have i've seen something about a free yacht party but no that was that was our sanguine creek estates does he offer a free yacht party as well i don't think so yeah, so like Kyle has mm-hmm. galleries on his website that just showcase what he has done in the past. Mm-hmm. So he's got like artwork and beauty makeup nice. and body painting, prosthetics, special effects, highlighting just what he's done. And I kind of like, like, like the like actual resume. That's it. I I like the idea of like setting up a a website very similar to this uh, for us. I don't know if I do that under Haunting You or SCE. Um, Maybe, you know, we have SCE Haunt. Maybe we do like SCE Creative as a separate website and then we can actually, Mm -hmm. you know, showcase all of our work uh, there. I think SCE Creative. It's a good plan. And have that like as, that. Um, especially once we do start going more pro, have that as a parent company for SCE mm. Haunt and yeah, yeah, yeah. Haunting You, because that. Actually, we've got we've got uh, the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, which is the parent company of Okay Haunting You. So we could totally set up a Rocky Mountain Home Haunters website and. Yeah. And, and use that as our digital portfolio. As our digital portfolio, because that then does a really good job in giving us you know, the ability to cover our zombie apocalypse, Arkham, yeah. Ship, SCE, both the, the drive-by and the walk-through. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. anything, and we this... do, anything we do in terms of what we build, makeup that's created, costumes that we create, all of these things you know, need to be put together and compiled into these different galleries. And this is also something that down the line we can open up if we want and consider doing consulting. Yeah, yeah. Not that I have not that, not I, that I know that I want to do the, consulting. Well not that any of the three of us have time to do consulting. <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But this is also that you know, this bit. is one of those things that's part that can be part of that is that just kind of Baseline. Maybe we'll get so big we can hire someone for it. Ooh. Mm. And we'll find a way to bring money to hire someone. <laughs> well, I think that goes in. You can make like SCC or SC haunts the like 
the front company for the money laundering. I mean, that's probably the there, there there's an idea. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid idea. So, so you figure you out where the you figure out where the money's going to come in, and then we will uh, be able to launder it. it? But we got to find money before was we can you? watch it. Was that you recommending? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't hear anything. Uh huh. Anyway, so uh, moving on. So I'll work on that I've, because I've got you know all the pictures, and videos, and and such mm-hmm. from our our previous years. I'll work on putting together uh, the Rocky Mountain Home Hunters website, which will include our digital portfolio. Yeah. I think that's going to be a good idea for us to have as we go forward, because you know, whether we're pitching to your bosses or you know, anybody else, having that information available and ready to go is crucial. Yeah, okay. I would agree with that for sure. Okay, good. There's a Rocky Mountain Haunters.com, but not a Rocky Mountain Haunters.com. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> I'm glad you checked. Got it. Always got to check. Check yeah. your check your URLs before you go try to buy them. Okay. <laughs> so what? So we want to highlight what we've done in the past as part of our pitch. Indeed. And what we're capable of. I think we want to highlight uh, what we have available that we can bring to uh, that we can bring to bear on making this happen, like uh, Mortimer. Oh, sitting here over my shoulder, we can certainly bring him to bear. <laughs> yeah, as well, well as you know, it, it is good that he's there. <laughs> Thank you, Doug Schaefer. Hope you're listening. So we can uh, we can talk about uh, some of the props that we have available. We can talk about uh, lighting and special effects. You know, fog machines and strobe lights and and all of those things that I have in a shed in my backyard that my wife would be more than happy to send somewhere else for a couple of months. <laughs> well, and not just that, but also, um, you know, the pneumatics, the things that we can easily turn in, we've got in pieces Stuff right now. that we could build. Um, and you know, knowing, highlighting is, look, you know, we don't have this built, but we have the stuff to build it. So it was just a matter of... Getting the word out, marketing we, campaigns that we can pull off. Yeah, th- th- actually, yeah, you bring up a good point, John. I think marketing is actually one we're not going to have to do so much on because this is a very targeted audience. Well, you know, it's just Coast Guard it's families. Restricted. It's restricted. That's it. And they're going to be doing all the marketing themselves. Okay. Everybody, come to the to, to, to the Coast Guard Base Alameda uh, Haunted or Harvest Festival. By the way, there will be a haunted house there, sponsored by Hunting You. Fair enough. <laughs> right, right. And you guys, if you decide you want to come out and help, hint, hint. Yes. You can, you can stay in here with Mortimer. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so we want to talk about what we've done in the past, uh, what we currently have available, what we could make or produce in order to spice it up, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Highlights of our pneumatics work and our electronics work, etc. Uh, what else do we want to talk about ourselves? May want to avoid the term weenie with this particular. I disagree. I think we should highlight all the weenies. I don't. I don't. I would definitely no, highlight the ship. The haunted ship. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. You're right. We absolutely need to highlight the ship. A, a handful I, I of totally things. One is it's not just about yeah the three of us can put on a killer haunt, <laughs> but you know, we've done so with the Coast Guard in the past to right. There's that previous very great there. effect. And had a hell of a turnout, yeah. Had a hell of a turnout. You know, you're familiar doing this with on short timeline, shoestring budget. True. Um, and yeah, why is it we always start Coast Guard sponsored haunts in August? Because that's when they remember that October is coming up. Same thing happened. Yeah, same thing happened on, on the Haunted Ship. We started in August. Yes, but it was I successful. assume it's because they are also busy with other stuff? Like eh, like what? Protecting the coast? Saving, <laughs> guarding the coast. Thanks, dude. You're <laughs> saving idiots and I boats. mean, you're in it. You would know better than I would. Rescuing idiots you and boats. you can't come up with something. Rescue, there, there, there is much rescuing idiots and boats, yes. that That is true. Concerned if you can't figure out what you guys are doing. <laughs> I'm fixing engines right now. That's what I'm doing. 
Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I think that that right there, I mean, everything else we've done highlights our skills and abilities, um, but the ship highlights... Working with the Coast Guard. Working with the Coast Guard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the unique requirements of that has. By the way, if you guys come out, we can go visit the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh. It's half an hour from me. Oh, nice. So and they do, and they do a haunted house that Spectral Illusions did a whole bunch of stuff for. That's great. And I can't wait to see it. I was I'm so excited. We would be writing. There it is, we John. We'd be doing the ride, uh, Rise of the Resistance, the whole time. What? Ah, oh, excellent drink. There's a reasonable chance we'll be doing a lot of that as well. That's six hours away, though. Like. We'll have to plan a little bit more than that. We'll have to Especially plan a little bit more. Exactly. Especially you guys come out the weekend before. We'll go down to L.A., ride Rise of the Resistance, go to the Queen Mary 2 haunted house, maybe Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. Really? You're going to give Universal another chance to disappoint you? The Halloween Horror Nights I is very different. Say, I don't know. Oh, my God. Let you, in. You, you guys would not believe... Good. You guys would not believe the number of people I talked to from Not Scary Farm at Midsummer Scream. It's like every other haunter that I was talking to worked at Not Scary Farm. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, do you, but seriously, do you think they'll let you in? I mean, um, I mean they let me buy a annual sure. pass, so they're, they're a business, dude. They'll, they'll take money wherever it comes from. They'll take your money. All right. They'll enough. take your money. They'll take your money. They don't care. <laughs> Very I think that's what you should do, though, is when we go over there and just ask them, do you know who I am? <laughs> Start off with that. Okay. So anyway, any any other thoughts that we should capture before before we wrap up our, our pitch planning meeting? I don't think so. I think that kind of covers, again, since this is much more a fact-finding pitch than a mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And I think once we have, or after we have this meeting and have a better idea of what we are able to do, then we start diving into the, the haunting you method and pulling together all of the elements of a successful haunt. Yes. Okay. So there's the small matter of our fee. And yes, I am I'll, aware. I will pay you in pizza. So. Uh, well, no. I want as, as usual. pizza. Okay, that's fair. Them to pay us what, if, what if they're offering hot dogs and burgers? I, I suppose. All right, just want to make suppose sure an exception could be made. I want to be clear on on what your, where your fee is. I, I will also accept um, cotton candy and funnel cakes. Ooh, solid. Do you want Leslie all hopped up on sugar? I mean, I don't know. If Always. That's... I'm fun. Oh god, you might as well just give her like four pairs of scissors then. <laughs> well, if we're building this out of PVC pipe and fabric, I'm gonna need four pairs of scissors and at least three sewing. She's machines. gonna need scissors. We're gonna need a sewing machine as well. Yeah. I better start what, looking. Do you for have her. some sort of death wish? This really is going to be a horror show. Potentially, <laughs> potentially. I do like making okay. stick as much as I Let... can. Okay, wait, wait. Before Leslie gets stabby, let's wrap up the podcast. <laughs> I just thought of a pitch. pitch, just for just for a future po- so a pop up haunt. A haunt. Ooh, I like that as as a topic. Okay. Well, let's see okay. how th- let's so, see how this ends up going, and then we may turn this into like a like I have a feeling this may end up being a pop up haunt, mm-hmm. and we can then talk about how it went. Well, I think like what I'm thinking is one where we basically we have a location, we release sort of a an unknown variable into said location. Wait about twenty minutes and then we kind of go from there. What do you, what so do you mean by unknown? What I'm saying. So I guess child? what I'm being real like. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to go that far. This is this is too much. I like I have bruises and bite marks. I that, lost three minutes after he hit me with a ring holder. My I lost three minutes from my Thursday night. Awesome. Um, I know, right? No, I was thinking what we do is we get Leslie, we give her some knitting needles and two espressos, and then put her in, just put her in a mall, and then we wait 20 minutes, and then we go go in and see what happens. I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, I don't. See, that laugh proves my point. 
<laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Let, I think it, we just need to wrap it up. So, John, you want to run through our social media real quick? I guess he doesn't. I, my, the mute thing is being weird. Say that one more time. Would you like to run through our social media? You can find us at Twitter at Haunting Univer One, which is Haunting U N I V E R One, uh, Facebook.com slash Haunting U, Instagram at Haunting University, or excuse me, Haunting U Podcast. Nope, you're right, Haunting University. Is it still a Haunting University? That's it is at Haunting University. That's right. Okay, all right. Hey, I was right, even though I was originally. Well done. Uh, well done, sir. Excellent. I don't know where that leaves us, but with that, uh, I, you I can think find the podcast. It. Maybe you can find everywhere. The everywhere. everywhere. Pe- people Apple, ask me Google, all the time. Spotify. People were asking me all the time at uh, at Midsummer Scream, where can I listen to you? And I looked them dead in the eye, and I would just said <laughs> everywhere. Any we're we're on Audible now. We, seriously, anywhere. if they host podcasts, you will find the Haunting You podcast there. And if you find mm-hmm. a place that hosts podcasts and doesn't host the Haunting You podcast. Let Send me know. a message because oh, I wait, want to edit it. What about SoundCloud? Are we not? We are we on were, SoundCloud. I don't think we're on SoundCloud. We are. We, we are, are on SoundCloud. Okay. Yep. Hmm. We're on everything. I'm telling you. Saturating the market. Are we on the Canadian Podcasting Corporation site? Yes. Holy shit! <laughs> I've got an in. Did you know? I mean, I'm right. My my son is Canadian. Both of them are. Both of them. And my wife. So they are. Yeah, right? That's why. All right. So that's all we have for today. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, Definitely go check out our website at huntingu.com because we will be putting out uh, probably, it looks like we're going to be putting out episodes a little more frequently as we make the run up to Halloween. And if we're going to be... Uh, and we're going to be getting together a lot more as we start putting this haunt together. So uh, stay tuned because it looks like the next couple of months are going to be a lot of fun. Today is August 6th. There are 86 days until Halloween. It is crunch time. Get your plans finalized and get to building because we're setting up here uh, for many. The haunt season starts in just about a month. So best of luck to all of you in this final month of preparation time. In the meantime, from all of us here at Haunting You, good luck and happy haunting. Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting Univer one that's haunting U-N-I-V-E-R-1. Be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingu.podbean.com.